This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to the Sky Blues Extra podcast, proudly sponsored by Dylan's Brewery and the Sky Blue Tavern. My name is Ross Cooper, and today I am joined by Matt Trutwin um, to have a look ahead as the international break comes to a, a, a glad, gladly ending for <laughs> me. Um, that's not a terrible word. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. That's how much I'm sort of discombobulated with the uh, international break. Um, comes to a much needed ending for me, anyway. Um, and club football returns, so we're gonna have a look ahead to uh, Bristol City. Matt, good evening. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, very well. It's uh, I know I know what you're saying. It does throw you after a couple of weeks off, doesn't it? Um, it, it feels like a lifetime since. And it hasn't really been that long, but it does feel like, you know, just waiting a couple of weeks during the season just completely throws you, doesn't it? It is crazy. It is crazy. I mean, it's, yeah, it's been what, a week and a half from when we were recording tonight since Norwich, but it does feel like so much longer. And I think, actually, mm. when we did our last preview pod, that was after yeah. an international break as well, wasn't it? It was, um, yeah. We had fun with that one as well, didn't we? Because <laughs> we tried to do it and then a few things might have happened. And things then... changed. We, we, we did it before the Cardiff result and then realised, and then suddenly Neil Warnock left Huddersfield and we thought, actually, you know what, let's uh, let's uh, yeah. redo that. But um, but it is Bristol City next up for the Sky Blues. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess before we get into Bristol, mm. are you feeling more or, you know, optimistic than you did when we returned from the last international break, you know, with the last batch of games that we had, you know, were you, are you more encouraged with what you've seen results wise, but also performance wise from as a team and individually? It's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, I think it is a, a work in progress with a, a effectively a new squad. So I'm always confident that we'll keep moving forward. And the further we go into the season, you know, I, I expect that to happen. Um, 
and also with this one, I guess maybe there's a little bit more hope and expectation because of the fact that we hopefully will see some some returning players off the back of this international break as well, which is really exciting in a, in a few cases actually. So yeah, I probably do feel a little bit more excited for for a few different reasons. But obviously, we didn't have bad results at the end of the the run before the international break. Were the performances amazing? I don't. They, you know, it, it was a bit of a mixed bag, really, wasn't it? But we got the results, and I think I remember Dino saying before the Huddersfield game, it was it, that was really a case of let's just get a result, and maybe we'll worry about performances at a later stage. And obviously, we know how that worked out. So I think in that run up to the international break, it probably was results over performances. But the Norwich game was an improvement in itself for sure, and um, and yeah, I'm I'm excited for for a few different reasons, I guess. Yeah, no, I think I think you summed it up perfectly there. I mean, we returned, yeah, if we look at the last sort of block of games, we obviously we returned with a one-all draw against Hull City. Mm. That obviously disappointing defeat against Cardiff when probably everyone was at the most sort of negative, you know, because it was a poor yeah. performance. But then draw to Huddersfield, obviously last minute goal. That those two mm. games were elite. Um, but then, you know, beating QPR, beating Blackburn, and then a positive performance and actually controlling the game for large parts against Norwich. Yeah, I mean, you look at it as a season as a whole, and I mean, only two defeats. I mean, it's mm. there's a lot of yellow on on this soccer stats I'm looking at, a lot of draws, but we haven't, yeah. we're not, we're hard to beat, and I think yeah. we're only going to get better, aren't we? I mean, last night, yeah. and for any listeners who came to the Scarborough Tavern for um, Jada Silver and Louis Binks, I mean, they were both fantastic, and thank you for everyone coming down. But that they spoke about, you know, how if we, we while we're picking up results, while we're not say even out of second gear when mm. we when we get flowing i, I think we'd be really difficult to stop um yeah you know because we, we are picking up results and and i guess that was why those two wins just before norwich were important because obviously mm. prior to them we hadn't won enough but it's it's yeah i think it's exciting i mean like you touched on the players coming back i mean who you know callum o'hare how i mean someone a little kid asked jay de silver he said look when's callum o'hare back and i don't know he gave a very <laughs> coy response which was like Robbins has been like do not say when he's returning <laughs> but I, I think surely he's been on the grass for a few weeks now hasn't he and I know they don't want to rush yeah. him back but yeah. this international break I actually was glad we had it because I thought mm. for the likes of um, Ben Sheaf who we know is on the grass Fabio Tavares yeah. O'Hare those three in particular you feel like surely they can't be far away now yeah it's been funny watching the obviously watching the content and seeing all of those videos of people getting excited about coming back on the grass and it really does highlight to you how affected we have been by injuries and and i guess it probably gives you that context in terms of where we are this this season and and maybe yeah maybe it helps people to see that it hasn't been as bad as maybe at points it, it might have seen for some people because obviously there's a lot of expectation when you finish fifth, when you get so close to the Premier League and when you spend a lot of money, the expectations are going to be high and transition feels like a bit of a dirty word. People don't want to hear it because I think they think if you say transition, it means you're saying we're ruling out the possibility of what we can do. And it's not necessarily that at all, but it is going to take time to, to, to fully gel as well. So, um, yeah, but it is exciting to see players will, will come back. And as you say, you're completely right. In a, what is a transitional period, in a period of time where it hasn't fully clicked, to still say we've we've only really lost two games. Um, you could say fine margins, we possibly could have been a few points better off. And it's so tight in the table. In terms of kind of mentality, 
you know, a couple more points maybe puts us in and around the playoffs and the mentality is, is maybe a little bit different from that perspective as well. So I'm, I'm relatively positive about how things have started. I still, you know, I, I think there isn't a player that we've signed in the summer who I'm anywhere near close to, to writing off by any stretch no. of the imagination. I think they can all pr- provide more of a positive to our squad than a, than a negative. But probably also realism tells you that there might be one or two who don't fully pan out but Robbins hasn't given up on any has he like you know in Hmm. previous years with Hillsner or whatever whoever else yeah you've it's been obvious hasn't it quite early on that Robbins doesn't hand out token appearances you know if he doesn't think someone's up to the level they just don't play we saw it with Castanier really so I look at it but you know he is playing Hadji right he is playing Ellis Sims you know they've, they've got a couple of goals in you know the last sort of three games um before the break. And like you say, you know, Van Avax is coming strength to strength. Sakamoto, people were really excited with his performance. So suddenly you start going, actually, there's more and more people now who are almost putting a marker down to start. And you mm. go, oh, we've got Casey Palmer to come back. We've got Callum O'Hare. I mean, just think last year, Matt, when Callum O'Hare got injured on Boxing Day, people, that was it. That was playoffs yeah. over, you know. Yeah. And that's because, that, and I think it's easy to forget how good he is. So I think mm. him coming back to the side, and I'm also very excited that thinking, well, January's not a million miles away. And we know we're going to go out and get a central mid. We're going to spend probably four, five, six million on a marquee center mid. So I think it's very, very exciting. Um, And and like you touched on there about sort of transitional periods. I I think you're right. I think some fans think that when you say that, you mean you're writing off the whole season. But the season's so long that you can have a transitional period, which is a 10-game block. I mean, look, look, I mean, you only have to look at last season, not just us, but you look at QPR, they were like third and then ended mm. up, you know, just surviving. So it's, I mean, look, I'm looking well, at the table. this season's the best example of it, really. Yeah. You know, it has been a transitional period. I don't think it's fully clicked. I think there's still more to come from us, but we've lost two games and we are only really a few points out of the playoffs. If, if maybe we'd have held on in a couple of games late in the day, then we, we would be in and amongst the playoffs. And you're saying this is the period where, obviously you're still working things out more than than ever. And we could still actually quite easily envisage a situation where we're in the playoffs. So yeah, saying transitional period, it's unarguable to say that when you talk about, is it 15 years between the last time we spent over a million pounds or one player over a million pounds in the last 15 years between Freddie Eastwood and this summer. And then we do it, what was it? Six or seven times plus some of the other players we brought into the club. It's inarguable. It's I I think unarguably the most transitional summer window that we had since getting relegated from the Premier League. And that's in itself shocking when you consider there's been a lot of promotions and relegations in that period. But I still think that's, that's true. And it's an, it's an interesting, actually. A friend of mine made made the point, and again, it's very easy in hindsight. And obviously, we we all wanted to win at Wembley, but a point he made to me was, we were going to have this transitional period, whether we went got promoted or didn't. We were going to have yeah. this overhaul of players. Having a transitional period in the Premier League is probably a far more unforgiving than mm. than now. You know, like you look, eleven games in, we're thirteenth, we're three points off the playoffs. And that's after we've probably performed at like a five or a six out of 10 in terms of, mm. of our capability. Uh, and you think yeah. in the Premier League, though, we'd assigned as many players. Some would have been the same. Some would have been different. But there would have still been that thing of we need them to gel and all this. Mm. And then you're yeah. playing your Man United, your Man Cities every week. It, in a way, all these signings we've got, all bar two loanies, and of all the permanent signings, all but two are on four-year deals. And that's mm. what's exciting that you think actually... 
there's a core of players here. Like Jay De Silva was talking, he like he's buzzing, he absolutely loves it, Jumping you know I at the club. Yeah. And you can just feel that amongst and you think, you know what? These players are just gonna get better and better uh, as the season goes on. And I think we're in a really we we've got ourselves in a really good position. Um Looking ahead then, I mean, unfortunately, there's only three weeks until the next international break, which just like <laughs> yep. just killed me when I saw that. I thought, <laughs> what is going on? Uh, so we've got five games um, between now and then. Obviously, the first one up on Saturday away at Bristol City, who currently, you know, for what it's worth, are, you know, same points, but one place below us in the table. They've been quite inconsistent this season. Um, I mean, their most recent form isn't, isn't good at all. Three defeats from the last four. What do you make of Bristol? Because I feel like every summer, you obviously got Nigel Pearson and they've had him for, I mean, remarkably, he's like the third longest serving manager or something now, which is just, yeah. just t- shows you the context of the championship. But every year it feels like they, they flirt to make you think, ah, oh, they could be the dark horse or they, they could do something. They, they make some half decent signings. They sign... Jason Knight from Derby, and I thought, actually, I, I wouldn't have minded mind him. And they, they do that every summer, and then they sort of they have performances where you go, ah, you know what? Actually, if they did that consistently, they probably would mm. be in the conversation to be in the top top ten, top eight. But then yeah. there are performances where you go, yeah, you're definitely finishing seventeenth again. Like, you, you, what what do you make of them? Uh, you know, I think they're about as middle of the road as it as it comes in the championship. It just I get what you're saying, you know, they, they make a couple of signings and you you look at them and you, and you look at their squad and you all think, yeah, they're all decent. I don't look at their squad and think you've got a lot of, or they've got a lot of weaknesses, but I also don't look at their squad and think there's anything that jumps out and massively excites me either. And, and, and their season again this year versus last year and the year before that and the year before that and for a, what feels like a long period of time, it's just so middle of the road. You know, if you'd have asked me... If I'd have woken up in, uh, from a coma, let's say at this point of the season, and and somebody had said, right, who do you think? Where do you think Cover in the in the table? I wouldn't have. He could have told me they were thirteenth. He could have told me they were third or fifth or in the in the top two. And I'd have thought, yeah, that all sounds realistic. But if somebody had said Bristol City were fourteenth, I'd have said, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, it just feels like where they should be. Um, and you think about the summer, they they obviously sold Alex Scott, um, who is an important player to them, and. You kind of thinking. You look at maybe what we did off the back of selling players, um, and what we actually went out and used that money to do. And then you kind of look at this. In my mind, I then look at the signings that they brought in in a little bit of a different light. I kind of think, well, if you've sold Alex Scott for what reported twenty five million pounds, you're kind of thinking what they ended up bringing in was a little bit underwhelming. Solid decent but it's again not to a level where you can lose some really good players well, obviously as they've done and and then expect to jump up from where you've been in the last few and, years if that and that's sense. on the back of in january they sold Semenyo as well to yeah. bournemouth so they've they've yeah. had two high profile sales and the alex scott sale that came after they'd done their, their incoming business and, and i remember yeah. saying this on twitter and and on the forum when our fans were sort of in hysteria that we hadn't sort of spent the Hamer money, we'd already spent yeah. the Vic money. Mm. I was like, Nigel Pearson came out and said, after literally selling a player for 25 million, said, we haven't got scope to do anything. Now imagine, mm. imagine yeah. what the reaction would be in, in Coventry on Gov Twitter if Mark, um, Mark Robbins had come out and said, no, no, we, I know we've sold Gus for whatever, but 
that's it we, that's we, we, we i mean imagine i I, I just thought it, wow it? no it doesn't I, I and i listened to that i thought wow i mean you've just sold this young player academy mm. you know so he's come through the academy and yes, great deal. Can't can't you know yeah. argue that. But you you as a fan, you'd want to see something, whether it's like yeah. you know a three four million pound signing now, and then like okay in January we can build on that because you don't yeah. want to make the wrong signings. But when he said, "Oh, no, no, there's no scope to do anything," you, you sort of go like, "I think after wow. he after he was sold, it was a a free transfer goalkeeper from Forest Green Rovers and Gardner Hickman on loan from West Brom, which again, you know." It's not a terrible signing, but if that had happened, uh, if that had been our business post, as you say, selling a uh, a, a, a Hamer, then yeah, it would have been full blown meltdown. Which you know we see it for for a draw <laughs> um, most most weeks. So yeah, yeah. It's, it doesn't even bear thinking about. So yeah, to me they're just a, a, a middle of the road the table, t- middle of the table, middle of the road team who. Yeah, if I was to predict where they'd finish, it, it generally where where they is now. You know, they're four wins, three losses, four defeats. Again, everything about them just screams middle of the road. Yeah. Fourteen goals, four thirteen against. It's just even. Just it does mean that obviously we have to we have to kind of I guess respect if we go there and we're not maybe performing well, then you're not going to get an easy day there as well. So, you know, I don't think we're going to go there and have an easy game as well. I just think we've, you think about where we were coming into this division and obviously how we've moved on in in three years and they feel like the anti version of that. They just haven't, they just sail along in the same position. And And I feel like we've progressed above them as a club to the extent now where I say, look, everything being equal, I think we're the better team and I feel like we should go there and and feel confident about getting a result. But at the same time, if we're off a little bit, then we're very fairly going to get turned over as well. Or maybe not turned over, but we could quite easily. We could lose the game, couldn't we? Yeah. And and I think, you know, the games they've won and then some of the games they've lost are against sides who probably you'd also put in that category, you know, uh, of those sort of bang average teams like Stoke, you know, they're turning up. Um, in the last home game and somehow lost that 3-2. But then the home game before that, they beat Plymouth 4-1. So, you know, it, it's it's one of those. I think if, I think it's undoubted that uh, that we've we've overtaken them as, mm. as a club in the last couple of years. Jay De Silva spoke about it. Obviously, he's going back to his former club and he was he was very uh, robust in saying he won three <laughs> points. He said that, you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, maybe he's got a point to prove. I mean, mm. but his desire to sort of, leave but his desire to sign for for us even from january he said how close it actually was to happening mm. and how gutted he he was that it, it didn't happen in january so he was literally keeping he spoke to mark robbins in january you know and he was sort of keeping an eye out on all the results and it was from his point of view he said that he was just desperate that we were still interested come the summer like from his, his side he was mm. like yeah i'm going to i want to go to coventry and i just yeah. think when we got promoted to think like you say we've done that after the covid season in well, two, and this is the third season, mm. um, you know, once back in Coventry, we've just overtaken them. You know, and that goes for yeah. a lot of clubs, you know, who have been there, yeah. you know, while we're in League One, they were there and they've just sort of been, I don't know, they just have this constant churn of players. You look at Casey Palmer, another one, obviously he won't you know, be in the squad, you'd imagine, but um, mm. he's someone who we heard a lot of negative things from Bristol City fans, like, oh, he didn't do this or whatever. And he's proved, I think, you know, them wrong, you know, in terms mm. of his performances for us for the most part. And I think Jay De Silva, I mean, you know, quick word on him. I, I think he's been so far, you know, mm. probably the signing of the summer and arguably player of the season so far, played every game. Yeah. 
free transfer and he's just looked he's just looked unbelievable I think uh, yeah, he just you... slotted in. He's he slotted in perfectly. You know, for me, it would be between him or Latibodier. Um, mm, good shout, yeah. J- j- just really solid. You know, you you're really confident and comfortable with having him um, out wide. You think he can do what he needs to do defensively. His positioning is really strong, but you also feel like he can get forward and, and cause a threat as well. So just a really, yeah, just a really strong addition to our to our side um, and. I don't know what they were seeing there, to be honest, to kind of follow up on your point. You know, it just seems unimaginable because you can't, you, you think, is it really possible that somebody could just come to us in the space of a summer and become such a different player to what he would have been there? But, you know, possibly just shout or say a lot about us as a football club that we've just been able to unlock something in him as we have done with a number of other players in the past who maybe yeah, have come to our club and, Obviously, Palmer being another example from from the same club, but Jokeres and, and many others that we could talk about who've come to our club and obviously, you know, become something that they maybe weren't considered to be where they were previously. But yeah, speaking specifically about the silver, I, I would I would definitely put him up there. If not the player of the season so far, it, he'd be in the top two for sure. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Team news-wise then, you know, mm. lo- looking ahead, ahead at the game... Is there any, uh, yeah? Is there any changes you'd make? Can you can you foresee any obvious sort of switches? I mean, Louis Binks, who was also obviously me and Dino spoke to yesterday. He yeah. was on the bench for Norwich, wasn't he? The last game, Kitchen came in. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that might maintain? What 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 do you sort of expect? I mean, we know Mark Robbins is difficult to predict. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> listens to the podcast and does the opposite. So, um, what do you think? What do you think he might do? Yeah, I, I don't think he'll change the back three. I think Kitchen, you know, uh, we, we said it a few times on the podcast and it's obviously something that's talked a lot about on social media. But when you're bringing somebody in for that amount of money, you're expecting to see them phased in a little bit sooner than he actually ended up, you know, maybe being phased in. And, and has he been fully phased in just because he started the last game? You know, it's certainly not now completely nailed down, but I think he, he obviously came in and he and he did well in that in that game against Norwich. So I don't expect to see any changes across that back three. Um, I think the most probably obvious one that you might suggest would be Sakamoto and Vanuik. Obviously, he was injured. He came back into the squad and was able to come on in the Norwich game. And obviously, we, we all saw how he affected that. So obviously, I think the ideal world is that Vanuik would start. But 
um sometimes you can, it maybe can be a case of putting two and two together and just assuming you know oh he was able to come on as a sub in that game and then he's had a couple of weeks you know more time to get back to full fitness so i i, I think probably he, he's fit but i wouldn't be 100 percent shocked as well if maybe he still needs a little bit of time to get to the point where you're thinking you'll get a full 90 out of them but i think if if the feeling is that he's ready to go i certainly feel like he would feel a lot more confident with having Vanuik start versus Sakamoto, who obviously I think probably had one of his better games for us uh, in the Norwich match. But I still think the expectation is obviously Vanuik is, is, is you know he's the he's number one right for him. Wing back, yeah, isn't it? yeah, in that part of the pitch. So and Sakamoto think, looked good on the left, didn't he? By all you know, I yeah. actually couldn't, didn't make the Norwich game. I was in it. Yeah, uh, Stag do, but everyone was saying that. Yeah, you know. By all accounts, he he was really impressive. Obviously, he was close to getting a winner, and on mm. on that left side. And actually, I want to ask you because somebody mm. at the the tavern uh, the other night actually asked uh, Jay Silver, you know, not because obviously he's the manager and he decides what formation mm. we play. But someone asked, "Are we going to be playing four four two again like we did when we switched out to Norwich?" Now, I had no idea that we played four four two against Norwich. I mean, mm. that's that was news to me. I was like, "Who was yeah. playing where?" You'll have to enlighten me, Matt. Yeah, I mean, you had. I think the thing with Sakamoto as well, he is trans. He is the kind of player I do think is quite transferable. To be honest with you, so you can move him around. But I mean, to be honest, I didn't make the game either. But I, I did hear a lot. Oh, there of, we are. Yeah. <laughs> so it's probably not the best for us on this podcast. But I did hear a lot of kind of talk around. It seemed quite a subtle change in terms of the fact of you know you, you obviously it was obviously seeing Sakamoto go from one end of the pitch to the other, but yeah, it, it was just a little bit more free flow and a little bit more interchangeable. So, um, and I think possibly a lot of that relates to the fact of starting with with Sims and Wright as well. And obviously we we made a change a little bit yeah. later on there as well. But um, no, look, we've got the options now. We, we've obviously got a squad full of of talent versus maybe four or five players. So we've got the flexibility. We've got the ability. To, to to move things around in a little bit more um it's just a little bit more freedom or a little bit more creative more fluid isn't it so. you know van avak yeah. looked like i i, I tried to like go on i follow and i watched like chunks of the game and he looked really high up you know so mm. i imagine maybe that you know robin thinks actually you know what we're chasing the game he can almost be playing like a right winger you know yeah. we've got a yari who you know when, when we I think when Robin does sort of throw caution to the wind a little bit, we, we've got quite a few options, you know, to cause teams. I think people won't know whether they're coming or going with Sakamoto. Van Avak's got obviously ridiculous pace. Mm. And obviously we've got players coming back. You know, do you, the big two for me would be Sheaf and, and O'Hare. Can you see them making the squad on Saturday? Uh, I mean, from everything that was said, obviously the situation with O'Hare was... I think working towards the fact that he probably would have been back by this point in terms of the squad, um, maybe with a thought of we can get a, a, a few minutes out of him off the bench. But then there was this situation with the dead, le dead leg, which obviously seemed to push that back a little bit. And when you've had such a long injury, I guess any little spanner in the works or whatever can can affect things maybe longer than you would expect it to do with somebody who that is their only issue, right? So I, I would... I would expect to see possibly one of them on the bench, but then in saying that, they have that situation after the back of an international break where you feel like you don't maybe have as much information as you usually would in the build-up to a to a match day. So me saying that is is more speculation or hope possibly more than actually thinking right. Well, I expect they to be that far along in their in their recovery, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, no, hundred percent. No, I hundred percent agree with you, and I think it's. Um, I mean, it's what be exciting. Thoughts, do you think we'll see either of them on the bench? I, I, I guess I'd, what I'd say is I'm more hopeful, and I th- you feel you like it, yeah. the, the the weight of the fact that you've seen these videos of them on the grass training, and and that's that now feels like it was a few weeks ago in itself. So you kind of again, it's that thing of two and two, and kind of coming up with your own. You'd like to think the media team know what they're doing in terms of those, but this is the same media team who did a photo of Hamer every day up until when he was sold. So yeah, I don't true. know whether to read too much into it. I um. I think what I think they could be. Yeah. I, I, I think I think O'Hare. Both of them or mm, it's an interesting one. I think maybe it's a weird one because we've got the game on Wednesday night, you know, a few days later, and I sort of think will will Robbins go, you know what, we can I can give him an extra you know, couple of days training. We can get we can get through Bristol with what we had for Norwich and then yeah. try and I don't know. I'd like to I'd like to see O'Hare on the bench because I think mm. I think even him being on the bench, being in part of the match day squad, even if he was to get ten minutes, do you know what I mean? Just to feel yeah. that like like you know, like Jamie Allen did, and then you look at how he's blossomed since coming back in the side. I think that would mm. give everyone a boost. I do think Van Avak coming back sooner than anyone predicted was that a boost that we all needed as well. Yeah. Ben Sheaf, I actually have a feeling Ben Sheaf's probably more likely, you know. Out, mm. out the two because I think he's obviously he's not been out for as, as long he's not had a, a, a same seriousness of an injury so I think I'd like both but I this is Robbins so I sort of always <laughs> I think it airs on the side of caution I think yeah and I think if there's even one percent doubt about O'Hare I don't think you'll mm. put him on the bench whereas I think Sheaf he because the position you know O'Hare does get tackled he's he's going to get fouled he's going to you know be hit you know, smashed, you know, smithereens. Yeah. Whereas I think he would go, you know, if Ben Sheaf needed to come on for 15 minutes to just yeah. sit there, he, you know, he could do that, I think. So yeah. obviously yeah, that, he knows point. more than me. He knows more than me in terms of where they're at, but you've seen them mm. on the grass for a while. So you'd like to think it's just a mm. case of fitness and, and and hopefully match sharpness, hopefully. So fingers yeah. crossed. Looking then at uh, at this next block of fixtures, um, Matt, obviously Bristol, mm. but then we've got Rotherham away, followed by a lovely um, three o'clock home game. I'm joking. It's a Monday, <laughs> 7.45, eight o'clock on Sky again. I know every, all the fans are delighted at that. And then we've got Preston away. And then the final um, game of this block is home to Stoke. Those five games then, when you look at them, mm-hmm. yeah, as just that block, do you feel hopeful that we, we can see you know, a better return points wise um, with a few more victories in there, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't look the most intimidating run of games, to be honest with you. Um, and I know obviously the championship is really hard lead to predict every given week. We'll see, you know, ridiculous score lines and things you don't expect to see. But I think on the face of it, you know, there's nothing in there, which uh, I mean, on the face of each game individually out of the five, there isn't one where I, I would say, there is an opportunity for us to to, to take three points Preston away, away mate. Preston you. away. Yeah, but, but I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I have this, I was thinking about this the other day with <laughs> Preston. You just, at a certain point, it's got to change. Right? Well, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know. I, do, I just look at them again. They're a bit, I mean, I know they haven't had a bad start to the season, to be fair, but I don't necessarily expect them to be doing too much come the end of the season either. I don't, you know, see too much um in terms of you know standout 
players or anything in that squad. So I look at them in a lot of ways, similar to Bristol City, it would have been, you know, I, I believe they were an established championship club at the point of us coming yeah. back into this division. And then we've, in my opinion, we've, we've moved above them as a, yeah, as a club. And I know sure. we've got this terrible record there, but I just feel like... It's a Saturday. That gives me some hope because normally yes. it's a midweek game and I just go, oh no. Whereas it is a Saturday, which makes me go... Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Hadji, had right, 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 is going to, you know, put, put, put an end to it's the... Just, uh, it's kind the of threat. that thought of people will kind of say, well, we, we never go and do anything at Preston. It's kind of, you're talking about something that maybe happened in, or part of that belief is based on something that happened in 2013 with like Sammy Klingon in the team. Do you know what I mean? It's yes. kind of like, it's it's not relevant to the situation now. Let's If we're talking about a run of maybe not doing things at Preston, it's... Well, what are the reasons that impact what we would yeah. be able to do now? It's always on the other flip side of it. When we play Sunderland, I always get quite nervous because I think at a certain point, maybe that... It's going to it's going to switch the other way around. It's going to yeah, go the other way. So I don't look at that game. I, this might be ridiculous now when we go there and get turned out. The one time I've been to Preston was a 4-0 loss. So I haven't got great experience of, of going there myself. But um, but yeah, I don't look at this run of five games and I think there's, there isn't anybody on that list who... I, I, I don't think we, we can't be. I don't no. certainly also say we're going to come away with, with five wins out of five. But um, What would you be happy with yeah. points-wise? Uh, I think I think the big thing for us at the moment is turning results into kind of definitive results, if that makes sense. So, you know, maybe... I don't even necessarily think it's because we're not taking risks, but just less draws. And would you be happy with three wins and to... two defeats? Yeah, Nine I points. think that, that, that's what I was going to lean towards. Yeah. I think, you know, you could go, oh, well, it would be good if we come out of that run and beat them. But then if that means, let's say, one win and four draws, it's yeah, yeah. obviously less points. And at a certain point, you're just thinking, well, just a little bit more of a definitive run of, um, like I said, I don't think it's because we're not taking enough risks and we're playing it too safe or anything like that. But just that final cutting edge, maybe, to put teams away and not give them that opportunity to, to come back into the game. And even if that you know, means that a couple of games or, you know, there's, there is the possibility that we lost one or two of the games in and then I probably would be okay with that. Even though on the face of it, all of these games, I don't necessarily think any of them are, are particularly better than us, but yeah, I probably would take that. Um, but I, I think there's opportunity yeah. in every game for us for sure. hundred percent. I think if we could be, if we could be in the playoffs uh, or level on points with the you know, sixth place, by the end mm. of that Stoke game, I think yeah. I think that'd have us in a really nice position. Um, yeah. So just finally, then Matt, to round off your prediction for Bristol City this Saturday in the Jada so, Silver, Matty James, Casey Palmer derby. <laughs> what 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 are you going for? Uh, I mean, I've said all that, and I, for me, it's almost got one one written all over it. So I've said all of that about what I want to see us do. <laughs> I just feel like I don't know with the course of how this season's gone. Maybe it's in, impaired my 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 thinking too much and I should take hope from the fact that we're coming out the other side of an international break and you know maybe that run of because it's happened either way if we look at it in recent weeks as well we've maybe snatched defeat from the or yeah we snatched victory from the jaws of defeat or we've 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 turned a, a loss into a draw or we've managed to turn a victory into a draw so it's kind of benefited and, and negatively affected us as well um, but I don't know. Just something about this says to me it's going to be a one-one draw. I would what take a point. I'd take yeah. a point. I think if, if a point on Saturday and then go and beat Rotherham, four points in the next two, I'd be really, really pleased with. So, um, yeah, another and positive puts, performance. 
puts puts us in an interesting situation for that West Brom game then yeah. as well. You know, four points going into that game, um, you'd make it a really really tasty game it, on a on an exciting Monday night. It really would. I would take a point, but I tell you what, I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll be optimistic. I'll go with a two-one win, a Jada Silver curler, edge of the box, ninety-third <laughs> uh, minute. Yeah, and he runs over to Nigel Pearson mm-hmm. and gives him a load of grief. But fingers crossed. But um, that's all we've got time for today, Matt. Thank you very much for joining with me um, today. And uh, as always, uh, to our listeners, make sure you follow us at Sky Blues Extra um, and join the conversation as well. And uh, as always, sponsored by Dillonsbury and the Sky Blue Tavern. Fingers crossed for the Sky Blues on Saturday. Hopefully we can get three points and not a one or draw like Matt thinks. But we'll see what happens and unfolds. Play up Sky Blues. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.